I did not prepare a PowerPoint, so you will have to bust out your Bibles if you want to read the verses yourself. If you want to open up to Micah chapter 2, that's where I will be beginning my lesson. Micah chapter 2. It's been quite some time since I've been up here. It's been a little over a year, so bear with me. Might be a little rusty at this. But uh, stumbling through my Bible, trying to figure out in the Old Testament or New Testament where I'd find what I'd preach this lesson on. And I read Micah chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And that's what I stumbled upon, that this would be a good lesson to connect the Old with the New Testament to see how Christ fits into these two verses and thus bringing us closer to God, drawing us nearer. So, Jackson, you're, if you listen to this, you're covered for February. <laughs> so, go ahead and uh, read uh, Micah chapter 2 right now. I will surely gather all of you, Jacob. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. The place will throng with people. The one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord as their head. Verse 13, we see some key words here. The one who uh, will break open the way. The king will pass through this door before them. And then there's also a little part before that. The king is going first. This one individual. And my lesson that I'm going to be going over is how Christ is the one who broke open the way to have access to the Father. He is our king, and he was the first. He is the first, whether it be the firstborn, however the Bible defines that. So if you want to flip over to Romans chapter 3, that's where my be demonstrating how Christ is the way. Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ. So, right here in verses 22 through 24. We see that righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. We see there's no difference between Jew or Gentile, so anyone can take faith in Jesus. And that this grace that God freely gives, that we are justified freely by, we, is through the redemption through Christ Jesus, by Christ Jesus Showing, demonstrating so far that 
if we want to tap into grace, God's grace, that we have to have faith in Christ Jesus or in King Jesus. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse, starting in verse 31. Now this is John the Baptist talking here. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So going through here, we can see one who is from the earth will speak earthly, one who is from above will speak of heavenly things, but God loved the Son whom is Christ, and he loved the Son and placed everything in his hands, and that whoever believes in this Son will have eternal life, this way into heaven that Christ has broken open for us. And if we decide to reject this, we reject it, not God rejecting us, but us rejecting God, then all we should assume is that we will get God's wrath come Judgment Day. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to the man who was lame and are being asked how he has... He has, was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Well, how does this prove that Jesus is the way to heaven? Right here, we all have rejected this stone at least cornerstone one part in our lives, as in when I was reading from Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all have rejected this cornerstone, but if we choose to accept Christ as the way, the cornerstone to faith, to where he is the only path and way to God, we can tap into God's grace that he freely gives, God's hope that he freely gives by placing faith in this cornerstone, which is Christ Jesus, as Peter just tells us. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it.
So as we, going back to Micah, chapter, uh, the verse in Micah, we see the one who breaks open the gate. Not only is this gate small that Christ has broken open for us, but it is also a small and narrow road as well to get into this gate because Christ is the only way to gain access to the Father. Nobody else can we rely on to gain access to God the Father except through Jesus Christ, the Son that the Father loves for eternal life. Hoping that this demonstrates that Christ is the way. Now for Christ's kingship, if you want to flip over to Revelations chapter 17... Revelations chapter 17, verse 14. They will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will triumph over them because he is, he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. See a few things here that a war will be waged against the Lamb, but the Lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. It means no one is above Christ and everything is in subjection to Christ. But then we see at the end of this verse, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Well, everyone has been called to Christ. Everyone has been chosen to follow Christ. But not everyone is going to be a faithful follower of Christ. So I've been called, I've been chosen, but have I decided to be a faithful follower of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? That's something you have to reflect on yourself. Hopefully we have, and we're not with, you're not wasting your time here this Sunday. <coughs> so... If I'm going to be with Christ, come judgment day, I need to answer the calling, need to answer being chosen to be a servant of Christ and be a faithful follower to him. Revelations chapter 19. Chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven are following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean." Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with hot, with iron scepters. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So not only is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords above everybody, but he's faithful, he's true, his name is the word of God. Therefore, 
showing us that if we choose to make Christ our king so we and enter through this narrow gate to get access to the Father, that our king is faithful and true, and that whatever he says will be correct and righteous. It'll be good, whether or not it stings our ears when we hear the words. That just means we have to change. But his judgments that he does are of justice. And that being the word of God that we know it is coming, his words are coming from the Father themselves, and he is the mediator between the Father and us, being that righteous king that he is. Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. John, to the seven churches in the providence of Asia, grace and peace to you from whom, from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before the throne, and from Christ Jesus, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God the Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. See, Christ Jesus our King is a faithful witness, firstborn from the dead, connecting to my last point, ruler of the kings of the earth, stating that as this King of King, Lord of Lords, President of Presidents, prime minister of prime ministers, whatever other language is used as the top person of a sovereign nation, you may want to go go with that they answer to Jesus no matter what. Therefore, going along with the verses that tell us that if a law is passed that goes against the word of God, we have the authority as faithful followers to ignore that law and let at least the rulers of the nation be judged by God and not us judge them. doesn't mean we may not need to correct them, but we are not to be the unrighteous judge and let God be the righteous judge of that. And that we, through our king's blood, we are freed from our sins and we are able to access into this kingdom and be priests to serve his God, which the fa- and Father. So after his blood has washed away our sins, and we choose to accept it and be baptized, and make him our king and God our Father, we are there to glorify and give power to God forever and ever, and to be of priests doing priestly duties, however that may be. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1.
Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Tying into what I have said already, God has pulled us out of this kingdom of darkness, has placed us in the kingdom of his Son, King Jesus, whom God the Father loves, whom in the one that God the Father loves, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins if we stay under in Christ's, in Christ's kingdom. If, but we can always freely choose to leave Christ's kingdom if we want, but knowing uh, <clears throat> how it will all end, why would we want to? knowing that the king is king of kings and lord of lords. <coughs> Hopefully that establishes you that uh, Christ is king. If you want to flip over to 1 Corinthians 15, talking about how Christ is the first through this gate, the firstborn. 1 Corinthians Fifteen twenty three through 20, 20 through 23. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, and he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So we see that... Death comes through Adam, and that all who are in Adam will die. But in Christ Jesus, all will have eternal life and be made alive. And that Christ was the first fruits, that he was the one resurrected from the dead first, so we could be forgiven of our sins. And then at the end, come judgment day, after Christ has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, and his reign is over as king of kings and lord of lords, he will hand it back to the Father after he has destroyed the last of his enemy, which is death. So seeing how Christ had to come first in order for us to share in his resurrection... If you want to go back to Colossians now, still in chapter 1, we'll be picking up in verse 15 now. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, 
things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." We see once again that Christ is the firstborn over all creation, that all things were made through him and for Christ, and that we see that the Son is also the visible Godhead, that the Son is the image of the invisible God. So therefore, If we want to know the Father, we need to know the Son first. If we do not know the Son, we do not know the Father. If we do not act accordingly to what the King says we should be acting as his subjects, then we cannot say we know the Son nor the Father because Jesus is the visible image of God. And that through all these things, that Christ has done for us since creation was made through and for him. It helps for everything to be in subjection to him and for the Father to make everything, to hand over all of creation to him, to have this authority to where he says everything, all the things on earth and things in heaven by making peace through the bloodshed on the cross, going to where this reconciliation, this kingship, this firstborn, all starts at the cross for us, to where he starts making his way to be exalted to the right hand of God. Romans chapter 8. Went a little too far there. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, I don't like the word predestined whatsoever in the Bible. But it's more of a a boundary line that God predestined on either your on the right-hand side of God come Judgment Day, or you're on the left-hand side. And here are the parameters to be on the right-hand side among the saved uh, come Judgment Day. What we see here, for those God foreknew, 
he predestined that we need to be conforming to the image of the Son. We need to be conforming to the image of our King, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And that being the first, being the firstborn among the dead, and conforming to who Christ's image is, glorifying the Father. Now, no, we will never be a King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is Jesus' position. But if we are conforming to the image of Christ, God will justify us. He will call us. He will justify us. And he, we will be glorified at God's appointed time. Thus showing on being the first fruit among many brothers and sisters. Christ being the first, the oldest, and the rest of us need to conform to what our older brother is doing, for he is the one whom God loves. To conclude the matter, if you want to flip over to Mark chapter 15, hopefully... I can strike home even better my last uh, all three points. Mark chapter 15. If I can find Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, starting in verse 37. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely, this man was the Son of God. We see here when Christ finally died on the cross, the veil that separated mankind, at least the all of mankind from going to the most holy of holy places where the Father sat in the temple was torn from top to bottom, Christ opening up the pathway for us to finally have access to the Father. Christ opened up the way. This small and narrow gate is now open to have access to God the Father because of Christ's death on the cross. If you want to flip over to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. Psalm 89, verse starting in verse 21. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the rock 
my Savior, and I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my love to him forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. I'm sure most of this is talking about King David, but we can apply this to Christ, especially the firstborn part, that is, he will be exalted, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. David's not the most exalted king of the earth, so he's got to be talking about Jesus here, that the Father loves him, and that the Son calls God, my God, the rock, my Savior. Well, how can Jesus call the Father the Savior? Well, we just read that when he died, the veil was torn in two when he died on the cross. But how is he his Savior? He uh, predicted the sign of Jonah that Jesus would be resurrected three days later. That is how God is the Savior of Jesus, the resurrection, thus justifying him to be the firstborn amongst the dead. And then 40 days later, being exalted to heaven, to the right hand of God, to be given the kingdom of all of creation. And that this covenant with Christ will not fail. And it will be enduring for as long as heaven endures. So therefore we know Christ is king from the time he sat down at the right hand of God all the way till judgment day that God, Christ will be King of kings and Lord of lords. And having dominion over everything on all of creation to where if a son will have to go pitch black if Jesus tells the sun to go out, a star to go out. A black hole can no longer be sucking everything in if Christ tells the black hole it no longer can. Get into quantum mechanics on things Jesus could change as well, telling an electron to go positive and telling a proton to go negative or that a neutron can no longer be neutral in the matter of it. Adding to and taking away as well, that's how Christ's authority is above not just earthly kingdoms and mankind, but also creation itself, to where the mountains bow in reverence. If you want to flip over to John 14, John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. No other man throughout time or even after we are gone till judgment day will be able to claim, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. 
for we believe and take faith that Christ is the Son, born of the virgin birth, who came down from heaven to humble himself, to be crucified on the cross. And because of this, no one comes to the Father except through the King of King and Lord of Lords. So if we know the King of King and the Lord of Lords, we know the image of God. We have seen God, almost. We're not around when Jesus has been around, but we know who God is through Christ Jesus. That we know this pathway into the kingdom of heaven is through Jesus, that the truth is Jesus, that life comes through Jesus, that access to the Father comes through Jesus. I'd like to thank you all for your time. If uh, someone has not been baptized yet and uh, feels that they need to be, now would be the time so you can come join us in the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, who is our King, Lord, and Savior. Thank you.